Hello, everybody. Welcome again to the Doomer Optimism Podcast. Uh, today, I have D Mason. Um, D Mason, how are you doing? Uh, how's how's your day going? I'm living, man. I'm living. I'm still getting over this um, little bit of a stomach bug. My damn kids, every time they go out in the world, they yep. can't keep their booger hooks off nasty shit, so they bring <laughs> home, you know, something terrible. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's why I'm home. One of the reasons why I'm homeschooling them, but it don't protect me all the time. So it's been a been a rough, rough last week around this this place. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I know what you mean. I have two kids. Um, it's been it's been good for a few weeks, but there was a time when basically every week it was a new virus of some kind. Every week, you ain't kidding. That's how it gets. It's it's ridiculous. It's crazy. I don't remember being like that whenever I was younger, but maybe I just wasn't paying attention. Right, right, right. Well, cool, man. Well, uh, I wanted to have you on. Um, I really enjoy your your Twitter account. Um, and uh, I just, I really enjoy your perspective. I, I think you have a really vital perspective. Um, do you want to start by just kind of talking a little bit about your background growing up and how that's all kind of led to informed kind of where you are today and, and, and how you see the world? Yeah, sure. Um, and uh, I, I appreciate, uh, likewise, my friend on, on uh, uh, following your account, I, I appreciate your perspective very much. Um, so I, uh, I was born down in um, Mobile, Alabama. Uh, I lived the first half of my life down there, I guess, up until about 10 or 12. Um, and come up in like a really... Um, uh, not like all the way evangelical. Um, so they, they would have, they would have not liked to be described as evangelical, but most people nowadays outside of that, that would see the folks that I was raised by would say, Oh yeah, they're crazy evangelicals. Um, hardcore, uh, Baptist. Um, and I, <clears throat> we, it was like, uh, my, my family was coming off of um, a couple generations ago. They had like a, a little bit of money, you know, enough to live like a, a, a decent middle class life. But by the time I come around, um, we were poor. We were really, uh, really poor. And so, you know, that whole the whole foundation I was raised on, um, you know, being like hardcore Christian and uh, trying to be, um, trying to act like you got money when you ain't got money, <laughs> you know, uh, that is really what started me being like, okay, well, none of this shit is working. These, these people don't have a clue of what's going on. Um, so I gotta, I gotta figure something else out. Um, and my parents ended up, uh, the, my dad wasn't really around for like the first good part of my life he was um my dad was a crazy one of them white boys that wants to be native mm. um he was like a crazy survivalist uh anarchist like just a, a wild a wild dude in the world mm -hmm. um but he wasn't around i didn't really get that much from him uh from the beginning but when my parents moved me away from mobile um i had a, a stepdad at that time uh the only person I was really connected to was my my granny and she was still down in Mobile well, they moved me away and then they lost even more money up here um and I ended up um homeless before I finished high school uh up here 
Um, my dad ended up coming where's back. Up to here? The where, where's up here, if, if, if you don't mind? Oh, sorry. My bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jefferson County, Tennessee, just, just outside of um, Knoxville, okay. um, adjacent to Sevier County where, you know, Gatlinburg and Dollywood and all that stuff is. <clears throat> and uh, so um, my dad finally started to come around uh, and, you know, show me a different way of doing things. Of course, he still didn't have anything together he was just um showing me a, a different way uh, being mostly being more connected to nature he was he spent all his time uh outside uh in the woods he was um he was a drummer in a band but he uh side hustles um hunting snakes mm. um and he would um uh, sell them to snake handling churches or uh, places where they, you know, milk the venom to make uh, anti-venom, uh, things like that. So um, there for a while, I, you know, I was I was with him and running around the woods and hunting snakes. And he, of course, had been um, he had thrown himself into the uh, Cherokee community, uh, and this was in. Um, um, just south of, of the, between here and Alabama. Um, so he, you know, he really got me into that kind of stuff, got me into, you know, just trying to, trying to, um, figure out my relationship with nature or hold more importance on my relationship with nature. Um, and then, uh, he was on all kinds of dope. He was, he was, you know, like I said, he had problems and then he killed himself, uh, when I was in high school and that kind of just like, threw me, you know, obviously threw me for a big loop. I was already having problems with my parents. Well, um, problems got worse. They kicked me out of the house. Um, and then the school, the high school kicked me out of school because I did not have a legal residency. I was under 18, so I couldn't live on my own, but I was living on my own. I was, uh, renting a little, little RV and school found out about it and said, you know, you, you can't do that. You don't have a legal residency here, so you can't go to school here anymore. Um, and so I ended up, you know, basically out, out in the woods and really fell back on, you know, what my dad had taught me about that kind of stuff. And um, spent quite a few years, you know, bouncing around couches, um, living out of my car, living in the woods. And it really forced me to like, embrace that uh you know the <laughs> living living rough you know how, how to how to deal with mama nature for the for the things that you need because mm -hmm. being homeless in the south ain't the city ain't no place to be um you know it, it's you do much better um i don't know if this is still true of course with how the police have been cracking down on uh that kind of thing but used to be you know you do better out, out in the country so that's where I spent my time. And, and that's where I like just really threw myself into, um, you know, like I said, just figuring out how to get all my, my food and drugs from, from mother nature. <laughs> and that's, that's how I lived for a long, a long time. Um, and it was, it was good enough, you know, to get me by. Um, but you know, you start thinking about, well, how to make, make the world better and how to build community and, and make things easier on myself and, and the ideas of having a family and, 
and that sort of stuff started coming along. And so I had to figure out how to up my game uh, and bring other folks in. Um, and that's, you know, really what um, got like, got me to throw myself into the dirt magic stuff like wholeheartedly uh, and then try to, you know, share it and, and build community out of it. Nice. Nice. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, do you want to, let's, let's talk a little bit about the dirt, the dirt magic stuff. Um, you know, I, I, that's one of the things I love about your accounts um, is, you know, you, you're just, you, you show pictures of stuff that if somebody unawares was walking in the woods they just see oh that's some kind of plant or weed whatever you know they wouldn't even pay it any mind and you go through and just talk about all of the different kind of beneficial properties it has you know it's it's edible it you know can be used for a salve or some kind of medicine um i can imagine that you know if growing up with that you know learning that kind of knowledge going through the woods is a completely different experience than somebody who you know has no idea like it's just oh god it opens up like you're in a whole different kind of set of dimensions of experience in a way um, it really is and that connection yeah. you know what i mean like if so like people talk about that all the time or even if they don't really know that's what they're feeling when they go out in the woods like i you know i just i feel better i feel connected to something out here and when you learn these things you're learning your connections like the that that is mama offering you stuff she's got all kinds of stuff on display out there she's been working for billions of years to make cool shit and put it out in the woods right. <laughs> you know she, the, you know you you will really enjoy and that you will feel it, it can have a personal connection a practical connection to your life and then how that changes your whole mindset of um not not only your connection to the woods but your um your strength your feel your feeling as a capable person in the world you know yeah. uh, which was like well, i spent a lot of my time just leafing the breeze a victim of like um you know whatever people with money wanted you know what i'm saying i had to do yeah. and this is a way to to circumvent that and make a relationship with something that is way more powerful and that is uh, and that loves you back, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that you can control and that makes you feel powerful um, as you, you know, learn how to work with it. It's, it's amazing what it can do to your head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I imagine, you know, as you were describing, you know, living on people's couches, living in the woods for a long time. I mean, it, it wasn't just a matter of like a hobby. It was a matter of survival. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's, um, the but but again it took it from like very rough because there was other folks you know i know a lot of other folks that was outdoors but didn't have the skills or they were spending their time in the city yeah. you know what i mean and and it's um it's miserable it's horrible you know what i mean it it, it was a it was a way for me to take what would have just been miserable grimy ass survival and turn it into um something that i i felt hopeful with and something that like um other people would be like oh shit that's cool as hell i you know i would why don't you teach me that um or you know something that that made me feel valuable instead of just you know um 
like somebody who was just being stepped on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, have you, have you taught like workshops uh, on these things or? No, I, I, cause again, man, they, they threw me out of high school. I have no education whatsoever. Uh, my education comes from the free book bin. Uh, we have a big, uh, bookseller here called McKay's mm -hmm. and they put a bunch of like duplicates and, and ripped copies and stuff like that in a big bin out in front of their, uh, mm -hmm. out in front of their shop. And I just, I, I worked at Hooters, uh, for many years. Um, that was actually where I, I met my wife and, uh, you know, when you're young living out of your car and you don't have a family and you're literally just trying to, you know, get by and, and, feel as good as you can every once in a while, then working at Hooters was like the perfect gig for me. So, right, right. uh, I, every, it was right beside a McKay's, um, mm. book place. So every day before going into my shift, I'd go in and grab whatever books they had. And yeah. then, uh, on my coming home, I'd see if they had anything else. And I just, you know, collected a bunch of stuff like that. I got a big stack of books and I just read a lot and I, but I don't have anything on paper that would, Right. You know, um, make people interested. I'm, I'm just, I'm just a trailer park kid, you know, but <laughs> I don't yeah. have the best. <laughs> but the thing uh, is, I mean, and, and, you know, let me know if I'm being too forward here, but you know, the, the kind of knowledge that you have, uh, I mean, I've been around a lot of book learned people before, and most of them are severely ignorant on the kind of knowledge that you have, like just embodied, you know, in your, in your being. Um, and, uh, you know, it's up to you whether you, you know, you'd want to like make money off of that knowledge. But, you know, I, I, I think that there could be a big demand for, for people, especially in the next couple of decades, people who realize the importance of learning that those kinds of things and, and wanting to be with somebody, you know, who knows it inside and out. Um, well, I mean, that, those people <laughs> who'd be interested that is one of my plans that was what I wanted to do with dirt magic um the, the the community and and because I feel like there is a and this is something I wanted to talk to you about mm -hmm. um in in these uh circles um and even in like whether it's uh homesteading or you know um foraging and, and a lot of these things there is a, uh, like you said, the, there's like this disconnect between the academic side or the, or the book learning side. Um, and, and also then you've got a group who are really in it just for the posturing and consumption and, 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 uh, image type of thing. Um, which, you know, they're always going to be, I'm, I'm not as worried about those folks, but so, talking about this stuff in a practical, you know, nitty gritty, um, you don't need a bunch of shit. You don't have to buy a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, something that, I mean, I, I was using the, uh, the phrase trailer park permaculture there for a while, because it feels like so much of this, this, this kind of stuff is just marketed for and specifically targeted towards your upper middle-class folks. Yeah. And, um, my goal, and I thought what my demeanor and my language and my background you know, being that it's, I'm just, you know, a, a, a poor trailer park kid, um, would actually help in me kind of bridge that gap for those folks who, you know, cause there are, there are a lot of like 
circles and pockets within the this uh, realm of what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and and what I love about uh, Doomer Optimism is like trying to find some cohesion in that, trying to find like where we can come together on these things. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I could, you know, f- fill a, a niche in that, you know, for, you know, for, for poor folks to, to be able to, you know, get in on this stuff and not see it as like some um, dream that they can later, you know, if they have money one day that they can do it, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. Cause that was the situation I found myself in is just like, I'm never going to have land. I will never, I will never own land. I'll never own a home. Um, you know, I'll never have anything. Uh, so I've got to figure out ways to, you know, work with, work with what I got. And that was what I was hoping I could try to help people do. Um, and I, and I would like to, my, my goal from the beginning is, and you know, this is, I'm just, I'm a terrible capitalist. Um, I've never been good at it. Uh, so <laughs> I want it to always be free for the folks who really need it. It'd be awesome if people that have money would, would pay me for it, <laughs> you know, but, um, my, the whole point, it's not for them anyway. It's not for the people that have money. It's for, you know, folks like me who, um, or, you know, uh, working folks who, who got to scrape by with, with whatever they can get their hands on. You know, the, yeah. the reason I call it dirt magic, it's, you know, it's dirt. One where people where if you're poor is dirt, you, right. you still got that dirt, but dirt is, is rich. <laughs> dirt is very, very rich and trying to make people, you know, realize that. Yeah. Well, I, I really like, I mean, I really like that, you know, that kind of attitude or, or, you know, approach that you have. I mean, that's, I, I mean, that's my critique, one of my critiques of kind of the, let's just say the neo homesteading, you know, it is yeah. usually, you know, you have to, you have to be wealthy enough to be able to afford land. And that that's already a pretty big bar for a lot of people. Oh and God. Yeah. It's getting, getting worse. It's getting worse. Yeah. It's getting worse. Um, and, you know, I personally, you know, if, if we want to, you know, we could move into kind of a political side of the conversation, but I, you know, I personally think that we need some, you know, land reform in this country, or we need some kind of, you know, community land trust movement that gives people access who want it, who actually want to make use of it, give people access to land. And I think the pressures to do that are going to be increasing just because of a whole load of political, economic, biophysical factors. You know, people are going to, I think this is my kind of you know how i see the the optimism part yeah (laughs) i see that more and more people are going to wake up that oh man we're actually our our life support systems are really fragile um you know we take we've taken everything for granted um we're not connected to our sustenance at all you know and more and more people are are going to be wanting to do that but then they're going to ever you know there's going to be this thing of like well but i can't get onto some land right right Um, right. and so you know i i think I, you know, what I would hope is that there would be actually, you know, a political movement in this country, either a political movement from like a, you know, kind of the state perspective or more like a community land trust, which is, which is kind of more, you know, I guess the anarchist orientation of like, you know, do things outside of the state kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that, that's, yeah. That's, what I, that's what, that's what I would hope. And so it, it you know, it, it would seem to me that you know, one that you want to you want to make this available to everybody is amazing, but it also sucks that 
you know, that you, you know, of all people, you know, can, will never be able to, at least, you know, as it looks right now, we'll never be able to afford land, we'll never be able to get on some land. You know, I think that might change. I think the political economy and everything is going to be turning upside down. And that might change. I, I think so. The, there's certain, the pressures you described are certainly there, uh, of course. Um, uh, but we've seen on, on the side of capital, you know, uh, the, that they know that they know that's coming too. That's why we're seeing more land being consolidated under, you know, these corporate groups. And, and um, while at the same time, and this is another, you know, big part of my story um, that has put me in the position that I'm in uh, is the increased uh, police state mm -hmm. uh, and how they are policing these lands. Like we, people, You'll, you'll see some folks talk about it uh, on the left, um, and I'm surprised you never hear right-wingers talk about it, but because uh, this has been since, you know, Obama um, using uh, highly militarized and, inc and increasingly so police um, uh, structure and, and industry to, you know, make sure that uh, land keeps going the way it has been. I mean, you, you know, you look at the, the water defenders on native lands, um, throughout this country and in Canada, and you look at the response, um, from the police state, uh, you look at what's going on in, in Weelani forest right now in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, those people are getting, they're, they're throwing federal charges and Rico charges, yeah. uh, at those people for providing money to bail funds. For, yeah. to protesters i mean it's the those mechanisms for maintaining that control um particularly with the police and this is you know one of my my biggest things that i talk about um and it, i see it as probably if not the biggest problem in this country is is the the power given to the police industry i mean it's the reason so I, when i was out uh, kind of doing my own thing. Um, I, one of my best friends from school, he got back from the army. Um, he had done the, uh, he's like, the only chance I got in this world is give them my life for a little while. I'll sign, I'll do their paperwork. I'll do their, their bullshit. I'll stay with them for a while. And when I get out, you know, they'll have to set me right. And so he did it. <laughs> and, uh, he came out, um, with a whole lot of knowledge about growing weed and mushrooms. And so we set up like, um, we set up basically like a little community where we were trading for everything. We were growing, growing weed and growing mushrooms and uh, trading for everything we needed. I, we had a girl that worked at JC Penney who would give us our clothes. We'd trade weed or mushrooms for it. We had our spot down at the, the local bar where they put on shows we traded everything for, we didn't hardly ever had to see cash. And that was one of the few times, you know, where I actually felt good about what I was doing in the community that I had, um, helping a lot of our buddies that came back from the war, um, really messed up in the head, okay. uh, you know, doing mushroom treatments with them, um, you know, watching them completely turn around. It was, it was, it was one of the few times where I felt like, Oh, this is, life is going good. I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm building community. I'm doing things right. And then one day, you know, police come in, 
rob us at gunpoint, uh, take everything and throw us in jail and, and slap federal charges on us for, um, we had, we had, uh, uh, 50 plants, but most of them were babies. They were little clones. It was, it was all in one room and it's not like we had a big, huge operation. And I, and we had like 10 jars of mushrooms, uh, growing and they, you know, threw everything at us, um, was trying to send us away for 15 years. Uh, if my buddy didn't have his background in the military, it, it, it might've went that way. Um, but again, it was it, police and, and, and this isn't like some one-off story. I'm not like some unlucky bastard that this happened to this. This is, there are millions of people whose entire life from here on out is forever. You know, I mean, it's, it's for lack of a better word, fucked in one way or another, uh, because of, um, the the police state and how i mean sure you say i shouldn't have been growing weed mushrooms fine yeah uh i i if i'd have gotten in trouble for a little while that'd have been one thing but no for the rest of my life um i can't ever rent a decent house i can't ever get a decent job um you know the there i guess my point is there has to be reform in those areas too or whatever we do with land or whatever they're always going to use um you know things like um the the incarceration system uh, and things like that to keep a significant chunk of the population uh, and the population that would benefit the most from you know stability and and uh, and having some land and being able to do something like that yeah. so I'm not quite as, as optimistic because of my experience with, with the police state. And because at every turn I see they're only getting more control. And even the people that are supposed to be standing up against them are, you know, just on their knees, (laughs) you know, for them. It's, it's very, 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 very frustrating. (laughs) Yeah. I, I imagine it's also really frustrating that in many States around the country now, you know, not only is weed, become legal and even mushrooms in a couple states now becoming legal but they're promoted by well-respected scientists as a as a way you know form of kind of psychotherapy healing ptsd um and so people like a lot of people are coming around that actually in the right context used in the right context these could be medicines but you know you were doing that at the wrong place at the wrong time and while other people you know you know, and of course, the the clause of capitalism, you know, are, are very interested in, in this as well. And it's, you know, becoming commoditized and financialized uh-huh. and all of these things. And, and, and you who are just doing it to survive and, and, you know, you saw it benefiting your friends, you know, you're, you're kind of like the scapegoat um, or, or you were the scapegoat to something that, you know, now if you go to Boulder or you go to Oregon or something, right, like your service would be highly respected and you might be a rich capitalist. Oh, buddy. It's so even back then they knew it. Uh, this was uh, almost 10 years ago now. So, uh, when they had us all outside and they were ransacking the house, uh, they kept coming back out and, and asking us, where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the guns? Where's the money? Cause I mean, 
the only reason we got ready in the first place because we lived in the hood. Mm-hmm. Um, we lived in a part of Knox. Most of our neighbors were black. Uh, you know, we we had a great relationship with the community there. Um, and and I, it, people, you go to the fancy neighborhoods over in West Knoxville, them rich kids, they got grow operations in their rooms, in their closets. They got their damn, you know, uh, fancy um, garages and workshops set up with, with grow operations, but they don't, they don't get in trouble. You know, we, we were, we were in the hood and, um, and so we were, a, we were a target. And then when they went in there and they didn't find any money or guns, I, that's when they really, really, really got upset. Mm. I have never seen uh, one of them thumbhead dudes turn so red in my life as whenever he, cause he, where's the money? Where's the money? And I'm saying, what, what money is gross? What the hell do I need money for? Like people, people are constantly trying to trade me money for the weed and mushrooms I got, you know what I'm saying? That the weed and mushrooms I got have value, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, we don't need money. We trade everything. And they were, they were, um, I could see their, their, their minds change at that point. And, and then when I was standing in front of the judge, yeah, uh, he told me straight up, he said, Mr. Moore, if y'all would have waited about five or six years, y'all could have been on the forefront of a major industry as, as he was about to try to hand me 15 years of prison. Man. You know, to have that dichotomy going on in his mind and him think it's just funny. Oh, this is funny. I'm just going to say this. This is funny. Um, that changed my mind. You know what I mean? That made me realize really what I'm what I'm dealing with here. And still to this day, people sometimes on Twitter, I'll get folks who, you know, see my situation and they're like, man, I will pay you twenty five dollars an hour. Come come here to this state. I'll pay you $25 an hour to take care of my weed plants. And that's, to me, that's, that's just like, oh my God, I could never imagine, you know, uh, making that kind of money doing something like that. But when I tell, I got a felony, so I'm barred from being in the, in the industry. I can't, you know, um, again, the, the felony, it just, it, it fucks up so many things. It just, it. <laughs> Do you have any hope that eventually there will be some kind of federal legalization and retroactive uh, lifting of these kinds of drug related felonies? Um, in, I mean, in some states, they're already starting it. Um, unfortunately, uh, I am bound to a place in the world where now, okay, overcross. In North Carolina, it mm-hmm. might happen, um, but Tennessee, Alabama, uh, Tennessee and Alabama seem to be dead set on going the opposite direction. Um, now Tennessee has, you know, they've legalized the um, the THCA stuff, mm-hmm. and a matter of fact, the the former DA here in uh, Sevier County who spent his career locking dudes like me up now is setting up to build a bunch of those THCA dispensaries. Uh, their little investment group, they own the moonshine things and all of the little THC dispensaries that are popping up here in Gatlinburg because 
you know, capital is realizing that there is money to be made and, and that particularly around here, we are like the Smoky Mountains are like a perfect place mm-hmm. for cannabis growing and for, uh, you know, for, for all that kind of stuff. So, it's yeah, like, will, it's almost like the threat wasn't so much the substance. It was the fact that you weren't doing it as part of a capitalist system. That's exactly that's what I realized. And and because before. I never, I was, I was like your, your libertarian type for the longest time being homeless. It's easy to get into that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just like, look, I got, I'm gonna get mine. Ain't nobody helping me, you know? Uh, so, you know, I, I'm, I don't, I don't care about anybody else, but just getting what I can get for mine. And, um, that's, that's no way to live. And whenever I got in that situation, you know, once I started learning about building community and, and you know, uh, setting up that, well, you know, community um, and then and then the police come and shut it down and I see what they were really mad about. It was the fact that we weren't generating money and we weren't um, and that we were, you know, circumventing capital in a lot of ways and and how much money they tried to milk out of me afterwards. I mean, they told me straight up, they were like, if you don't want to go to jail for 15 years, then you better come up with about $60,000. And I'm like, you know that I can't do that. What are you, what are you telling me to do? You know, there's only one way that I could possibly do that. So not only they, they, they knew what they were doing. They knew it's like, Oh, your problem was your operation wasn't making any money. So now you better get it making some money uh, and, and, in, and engage in our market or you're going to go to prison for a long time. Because, I mean, that's the bottom line. It, it's, it wasn't that I was growing it. It was that I was uh, circumventing the, the, the system of, of, of capital. And that's what really got me into critiquing capitalism mm-hmm. and realizing that, um, you know, there – I got, I got to get out of this, uh, this, this system one way or another and, 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 and figure out how to properly analyze it. Um, you know, instead of just being a, a cog in the wheel all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So how would you describe, uh, your politics now? You said you, you were kind of a libertarian, um, you know, my guest would be kind of anarch, kind of like a social anarchist. Yeah, I would say anarcho-communist um, is is how because like um, the for the long I mean, growing up here in the South, it's it's very much beat into your head that the word communism means the state is is state authoritarian style, you know, communism. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is you know I realized pretty quickly because it takes about. 10 minutes of research to realize that like, Oh, well, that's dumb to, 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 to put it all in that one box. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of, you know, uh, pseudo communist or communist style, um, societies and, and living situations have not been that for the, for most of history. And in fact, you know, our, uh, I, I started looking into how, Cherokee ran things before white folks came along. I started looking into, um, you know, so, so I, I'm 10, I, because these terms now, most of the people using the word Marxism or communism, 
it's just a cuss word to them. They have no idea what it means whatsoever. Um, so I try to stay away from that kind of stuff a lot. Um, but if I'm, if I'm forced to say, then, then I would probably, you know, um, I'd probably say like an, an anarcho-communism type of thing, like a small scale, um, community based. I really like, um, you know, the way y'all talk about things like watershed based, um, you know, environmentally bioregion based. These things are so, so fucking cool. That's why I love, um, I love the stuff y'all talk about. Nice. But yeah, it's definitely not, it's, it's, it's my politics these days are, um, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's difficult to pin down because of how these terms have, you know, there's a lot of people that would say I'm a progressive, but I don't, I don't use that word anymore because now that means to a lot of people, that means Joe Biden. And it's right. to me, Joe Biden is conservative. Joe Biden is a right winger, you know what I mean? Like, as far as I'm concerned. So it gets difficult, uh, you know, and, and pinning these things down. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, I think the focus on scale, like whenever I hear any political term, you know, I, my first question always is at what scale, right? Um, right, right, right. You know, people say communism is like, hey, what kind of, com- you mean Leninism? You mean Maoism? Yeah, that shit sucks. Right, but, right, you know, right. You're talking about like, you know, uh, you know, many of the anarchists that the Leninists killed, right, in the 20th century, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. from communities, if you're talking about indigenous communities, even if you're talking about, you know, the tradition in Appalachia of, you know, kind of like, you know, you, you know, you had, you had the Cherokee, and then you had the Scots-Irish, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, basically forging out little villages, you know, living mm-hmm. off the land for the most part, and that was also, you know, I don't think they'd call themselves anarchists or communists, but, you know, it was at a human scale where people knew each other, um, you know, it, it wasn't capitalistic in the sense that, you know, everything is treated as a commodity, you know, et cetera, right. et cetera. Uh, and so, you know, in, in many ways, I think that the first axis of like a political axis is like at what scale, right? That's kind of why I call yeah. myself localist. And then I'll clarify and be like, okay, but you know, I'm not a blood and soil localist, right? I'm not, I'm not right. You know, because there's there's that kind of localism, uh, you know, and then but then there's also kind of a more I like the term cosmo localism, where it's like, no, actually, you know, you know, I, I look to like the Zapatistas, right? I look to Rojava. I, I look to you know, yeah, communities around the world that I can find in my community solidarity with, right? Where we can exactly. All- yeah, Cosmo Localist. I think that's re- that's another one of those good and and I didn't before I started listening to y'all like I didn't uh, you, you don't get these kinds of conversations because of the tribalism and polarization uh and a lot of that is like you're saying because people are speaking at different scales or um you know they they they've got all these um uh, sort of like dogmatic things that have been said in their head about the way things are. And so the, these conversations just don't happen as much. And I'm, I'm in a place uh, where there's a lot of, of clash of this because, I mean, folks think uh, Southern Appalachia, they, they think, uh, people outside of it genuinely think, um, oh, it's, you know, a bunch of, um, a bunch of rednecks. And and we do have that, but I mean, remember, this is also the site of, you know, this is where the only the only labor movement that uh, you know went to war with the, with the United States government and capital, 
um, came, you know, came out of here. Uh, and there has always been, like you said, from going back all the way back, there has always been, you know, this kind of, um, um, th these kind of attitudes here in this area. And so like, and, and also the fact that a lot of people here, well, I guess most people everywhere nowadays, uh, consider themselves apolitical or they, or they don't vote at all because they're completely dis, you know, disillusioned or disenfranchised or just, um, you see a lot of that, uh, around here. Now, I'll admit a lot of that is changing now, uh, in the last, particularly the last five to eight years, um, more so since COVID because we're getting an influx of rich, um, rich folks from other places, yeah. uh, you know, uh, buying, buying the mountains up and, and wanting to, um, play, you know, salt of the earth, um, in a, in a cheap place. So, but, but still there, there's a, a lot of that dynamic, a lot of those conversations happening in like a real setting, uh, around here. I know a lot of, a lot of people live off in the mountains. You couldn't really pin down. And I, and I have a lot of conversations with them. You couldn't pin down whether they were right or left or whatever. Um, and the moment you think you got it pinned, then they'll come off with, you know, something else. So, you know, the, these, these kinds of conversations, um, where it's just like a hotbed, uh, for them. And like you were saying before, we're, we're at a point now where we desperately need to have them and we need to find, uh, co cohesion where we can, you know what I mean? In these things and, and find these kinds of common goals. Um, but it, it's, it's just it's hard. It's hard. I mean, so a local ostensibility is a good place to start, but you'll find And we find this tension a lot in Doomer Optimism because you have, you know, people in kind of this greater sphere that are definitely very left and some that are like pretty conservative or you could even say reactionary. And, you know, you have, a, you still have, even with a kind of a agreement about human scale, um, you know, self-determination, you know, community sovereignty, even with agreement on that, you still have bitter fighting over other cultural issues. Cultural issues. Yeah. And that that's another aspect of this that I think is very important to talk about because it is on purpose. It is what you see. Like, that's another reason. Uh, one of the biggest reasons I have a hard time talking with a lot of right wingers is they are obsessed with gay folk and trans folk just completely obsessed and you know like you'd be having a good conversation i i know gay folk and trans folk who don't they they don't ever talk about it you know what i'm saying like they you know if if especially around here cuz a lot you know the conversations can get uncomfortable for them in a lot of settings but the the these culture war issues these like um you know, making, and, and the left has them too, right? The left is, is full of, and let's be real. It's people who don't really have, a, they don't really have a lot to complain about. Yeah. And so they find these other things that makes them feel like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm under the gun too here. You know, the damn trans folks are trying to take my kids. Like, shut up, dude. They're not, you don't know any trans people. Okay. And, and, you're 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 wealthy and from the suburbs and you don't get enough conflict in your life. Uh, you know, you got something in your DNA telling you that you should be some kind of warrior on the battlefield swinging an axe or something. And and you really love that idea because it it you know, 
because you're actually just a fucking office jockey or whatever. So like these, yeah. these, these, they're, these culture things are aimed at a certain type of folk and it's working really good. It's working really good, you know, um, to keep real conversations from happening because everybody's too busy worrying about if, oh, that's, that's gay, bro. Um, I'm not, you're not exuding masculinity. It's, it's so, it's so silly. And, and on the other side too, you know, uh, on the left, it's just like, um, oh, well that's, 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 that's too much toxic max masculinity and, but you know, this and that it's like, God damn it. Stop with this culture yeah. garbage that you're fed. You know, you don't have any real problems. I've, I, I've spent a good part of my life not knowing where my next meal is going to come from. I got real problems. I, you know, I, I don't have time to sit here and, you know, worry, talk to you about, um, uh, Oh, Matt, the problem with ain't enough masculinity and, and, the, all these gay folks on TV now, like I, I ain't got time to talk about that. I got real problems, man. <laughs> you know, for sure. For sure. <laughs> well, I mean, the internet has definitely inflamed, you know, this kind of faux culture war. I think, um, mm -hmm. you know, what you describe of like the suburban kind of reactionary, like there's this whole. So I, I call them the dissident right. I, I, I didn't term that. They, I think they. <laughs> And it's, it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> um, you know, and it's yeah. You're an, you're you're an office you're an office worker who's looking for some spice in your life, and you can say anything online, and you know you're probably anonymous account, and you know there's just yeah. no accountability. Um, yeah. You know, and, and so the real the real work has to happen again at a local level, right? So then the question yeah. is, well. Do I know categories of people or do I know real people in all their complexity? Right. And right. I think you know real people in all your complex and all their complexity, then you know, it, it doesn't, you know, at least to me, this is my view, it, it shouldn't matter, you know, whether, you know, however they identify or, you know, anything like that. Like they're a real person and they have real reasons for being who they are and right. you know, part of their, you know, how they kind of determine you know their identity um like it's just not as big of a deal uh, at a local level where people actually know each other right as opposed yeah. to some character online um you know that you instantly categorize and uh make assumptions about and that's also why you know i think this kind of thinking about in terms of human scale is so important is that yeah. you're a lot more tolerance of people i think uh, if you don't have these kind of preset prejudices, uh, you're a lot more tolerant of people if you know them. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And a lot of that too is like, and let's be real. A lot of it is when it's so in conversations, I have conversations in real life with like hardcore right wingers that have, um, I know they have some horrible, horrible beliefs. Mm -hmm. And they know that they know how I feel about those uh, beliefs. Um, but the, when real conversations are happening, a lot of a lot of the bullshit that you get, you know, in these other settings doesn't come up because I mean, first of all, people get real brave. They talk real big, you know, online uh, and. You know, um, in real life, I'm I'm 220 pounds, six foot two. I've been in more fights than I could ever remember. So there ain't no there ain't none of that silly shit. You know, when we're standing face to face, you're going to talk to me like I'm a man 
uh, I promise you are because because it's gonna it, the the dynamic will change really fast if you don't. But online, you know, it's just um, and and in these uh, and in in the media in general, in the, in social mm-hmm. networks and in the media in general, you're able to just be you know super inflammatory or um, uh, denigrating without any uh repercussions or consequences that you would you would get in in real life um i think that's the I, that's the crux of the problem with social media right there yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's just and it's so obvious that's one of the things that i don't get um it, with with all and especially lately like the the posturing the tough guy posturing um of like um or just 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 being a prick like just the any kind of etiquette uh of showing respect to another human it just um it it goes it goes right out the window and you always know that somebody doing that and somebody acting like that you know how soft they are like if you're if somebody like me that's this you know i surround myself with with real motherfuckers I've, i've been locked up um i can tell by the way you talk uh whether you are you know, whether you're real about your shit or not and all that posture. And I don't understand how these guys don't see that. Like you might as well just be announcing to the world that you have a baby wang. Like, I, you know, like it just, it's, it's crazy. And, and it just keeps getting more and more inflated. I, I, that's one of my, you know, biggest problems with uh, social media these days is because, you know, I, I talk to real people and I, and even when I'm on social media, I, I talk like I would be talking to you, you know, face to face. Um, and you know, it's, it's either, it's either, um, unnecessary, you know, being a prick or on the other side, it's, it's, oh my gosh, how, how could you, uh, violence isn't a real thing in the real world. It's like, yes, it is. It absolutely is. You can get your teeth knocked out for stepping over the line and that's something we need, you know, we, we, uh, we need to acknowledge that's, you know, that they're <laughs> this, uh, like I said, both the right and the left have their hangups with it. And it makes it very, very frustrating to have any productive conversations about this shit online. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so let me, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, there seems to be kind of in some, in some spheres, kind of a, a binary presented of like, a you're either this way or that way. And, and the two, the two options are kind of techno modernism of like, you know, progress, right. Or, or eco modernism, you know, if we're going to grow food in, in a vat and everyone's going to move to the city and uh, you know, all the country people are backwards. Uh, yeah. And then there's the kind of the reactionary, you know, uh, right, let's just say, right. And, yeah. and, and at least if you go online in certain circles, those seem to be the, totally, the, the only two options that are presented to people when, yeah. you know, there's a whole other set of possibilities that I would say are much more life affirming. I'm wondering. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the coolest things again, you know, finding these groups, cause that's the way it, it was appearing to me too. Um, before I started, you know, dealing with the, Appalachian mutual aid groups and, and then, and listening to y'all. Um, and I get into arguments all the time with, with, um, city folk on the left who, uh, and again, that on the left, it comes from just pure ignorance of where, of, of how their life works. They've never sat 
and examined all the things that have to go into allowing them to live that life, you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. there's this, and it's this, um, this idea that, uh, you know, um, uh, I, it's supposed to be this way. Uh, and, and, and without any, re- uh, I, I, the, 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 the problem that I have in those conversations with folks on the left and we always get to, and they never have an answer for is your entire city, your entire food system, your electronics, all that stuff is built off slave labor. Yeah. How are you going to have all that stuff without the slave labor? And there's never, you know, there's, there's, there's never, they never can answer that. They never get to that point. Um, so, you know, that's why those, those types uh, the, you know, we're all, we'll all live in the city and we'll have robots, 10 big farms, monoculture farms out in the country. <laughs> you know, that's essentially what they think is going to happen. And, and uh, I'm like, bro, you see Blade Runner like that. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah. not cool. That's not, that's yeah. not, that's not cool. It's not. And if, and if you would just, if you didn't think outside was gross, if you didn't think bugs were gross and dirt is gross, you could get out there and learn about where your fucking food comes from and stop taking it for granted, you know? Um, Mm. so yeah, it's, it's very frustrating, but, but thankfully, and, and again, you find, you find a lot of these communities that are outside of that stuff, they will be pretty insulated. And I understand why, you know, you don't want to get infiltrated by all that stuff. But for instance, my buddy that runs a food forest over here in, uh, in, um, Cosby, Um, you can't, I could not, he, he was born in Russia. He's a Russian dude, but he, he, and he's, he can speak Russian, but he's lived his whole life over here. He's, he's a white boy with dreads lived for a long time. in in Brazil is like a surfer dude. He's, he's, um, kind of got some like RFK junior beliefs, but he's also like a, a localist type communist and, and, like it's it's all over the place with him um yeah. you know but and 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 he's got his own little community of people that are just trying to figure it out and they and they don't want any part of you know the the two sides that you described um so yeah i mean that and again it it, it should be noted that the two sides that you described their in game still benefits you know capital the the top 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 of capital either either scenario would work for you know the powers that run things and that i think we we just examine that may you know um then maybe we could really hey neither one of those ways are going to benefit the regular folk you know so maybe we need to find something else (laughs) yeah i mean if you go to one side like this and right i mean their god is like peter thiel right who's like yeah the biggest capitalist, you know, he's he's the kind of libertarian that wants to create neo-feudalism, right? That'll yeah. take it. Yeah. That that's where it would evolve. And then on the left, or I don't even I don't even say the left. He used to be on the left. Uh, he's an eco-modernist. I would say the representative of the other side is George Mambio, who's this, you know, yeah, uh, guy who's talking about a farm-free future, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you know, eco-modernism, and you know, it, it's in the name of rewilding the earth, but he he wants to do that by separating people out from nature, like completely isolating them in the city and yeah. so many wrong, you know, and so like those, the, if these are your two gods that are fighting it out and both of them, like you said, are in league with capital, right? Mom right. is hyping all of these companies 
that are basically, you know, corporations that would take over the food supply. There's a reason why Vandana Shiva, you know, who's, you know, one of our heroes in Doomer Optimism is like, you know, calling him out on this. Uh, and then of course, Peter Thiel, you know, it's the same thing. You're right. It is, it is kind of like the horseshoe theory, but for capital. Right. At the end of the day, it's always going to come back to that, uh, you know, and, and that's, that's by design. I mean, that's again, the, the force, what this, the force that we have to reckon with and, and it's, it's the elephant in the room. And that is, you know, the very top, top of capitals control over, you know, everything from the conversations we have about it. I mean, literally, we, you know, we're, like you were saying, those are the two camps that they have now dictated this conversation, both in a direction that, you know, will will benefit them um, ultimately uh, and and give them more control. So it's it's um, and I, and I think uh, I don't know, I, I, you you can. Um, the the powers that have now been set up to make sure that those conversations go in just those two directions uh, a great example is um my my best friend i told you about my partner in crime my brother his um his name's savage um the one we uh i got arrested with uh he um you know went through the court stuff and uh stayed out of prison and he took his army money uh, they, they paid for him to go to school and that's what he's been doing ever since. Uh, he's like, I, that's what I did it for. I'm going to get as an expensive education as I can get. And it's all going to be about plants, plant science. So right now he's on the Dean's list at UT nice. and can just pick, you know, the, the, the main head of the department there is, is, you know, just letting him do whatever he wants and letting him pick. Cause I mean, he's, you know, uh, late thirties already was in a senior position in the army, you know, before. So like, he's the perfect person, you know, when she's dealing with, with a bunch of purely academic college kids. Mm. Um, so he's gotten a lot of, uh, it, he's really helped me evolve these, these, these ideas because he's seeing from a, from a, like a, a real connection between where the money comes from to study these things, mm. what questions are being asked, like right now, he gets to choose what he wants to do. And there is, the choices are a bunch of questions that a bunch of corporations have asked. Hmm. And he gets to pick one of those questions and then answer it. Right. And <laughs> and all of those questions are geared towards one of the two, you know, pathways we talked about before, right? So, um, but his mind is, so one of the things he's, um, uh, they are studying how to grow plants in space inside um, in, in capsules, so they can grow food on Mars or whatever, playing with light cycles to um, up nutrients and, and things like that. And that was the thing that she suggested to him. Uh, and, and obviously it's like, holy shit, you know, uh, I went from going to jail, you know, for growing weed and, and, you know, being, having nothing. I mean, we had nothing to now, you know, he's helping geniuses work on how to grow plants in space mm. um but he wants to take and and where we take the progress we have made in technology and he's he's doing an experiment in his room he's like i can take 
from using the power consumption that normally people use to, you know, power their their devices and their and their bullshit. Uh, how much food can I produce? How much space do I need? Um, you know, he's working out these equations for regular people. Um, and his idea is like taking a like a Connex, like the, the moving pods, something that is the size of a moving pod that could come and be parked in your yard and a self-contained system uh, that can constantly be producing food using no more power than what somebody's like workshop uh, or whatever would be using, you know. Uh, or 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 shed where they they do their little piddle projects, mm-hmm. and so he's got a really cool view on the the cool things that technology has done now and, and that has allowed us to be able to do, um, and balancing that with where the corporate powers uh, are wanting to take that technology, yeah, uh, and what they want to do with it as opposed to somebody like him coming from our background, what, what he wants to do with it. Um, and there is so much to be talked about there. There's so much to be worked out and, uh, and not only on a, on an economic level, on a technological level, but also on a, on a, on the scientific level of knowing the plants. I mean, we, he was talking about, you've just, there's entire, uh, disciplines Within that plant science, you know, we're talking about uh, nematodes or like there's there's like two dudes who know about nematodes like right. in, in the country, bro. Like we there's the there's so much shit to learn about and and so much more to learn about it. But I mean, you can't make no money learning about nematodes. You know what I'm saying? Our, the best minds are going into fucking Wall Street speculation and stuff like that. So, yeah. again, like we're dealing with um the capital's influence at every stage of figuring this shit out is like okay cool the the money helped us um learn these technologies and develop these technologies but this pursuit and of just pure greed and how do we make more money and damn everything else out of it is bastardizing the conversations and 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 bastardizing the science uh, and and the the pursuit of knowledge in these areas, yeah. it's 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 um, it's detrimental to to yeah. the process. Yeah. Well, I mean, my doomer optimist view is that the biophysical constraints of the planet are, aren't aren't going to allow this kind of activity much longer. Of course, it doesn't mean that it's going to play out well for anybody. Right. Um, but you know. So it's interesting that you mentioned like the indoor kind of like like pods where you kind of can grow grow some food. I mean, so you know, just recently there's been articles about the kind of food tower industry uh, yeah. and, and how a lot of them are going bankrupt because they didn't right. for for energy costs. And that's kind of like high capital corporate, you know, a lot of money, so-called smart money, tech money was going into uh-huh. this. Place. And, you know, I'm like, good, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't want those things to succeed. What I do want to see succeed is what you're describing of, you know, the technology, you know, that people need, you know, at an individual family community, let's right. say, at a regional level, you know, to, to be able to empower themselves, right? So right. individuals and communities figuring out ways to, if they don't have any land, you know, growing 
growing things in parking lots or wherever, you know, you know, with yeah. their little energy, you know, that's, that's really cool. And, you know, I, I'd hope that people like him, you know, maybe they have to jump to the hoops in order to get a paycheck, but, you know, at the same time they're, you know, uh, it's, it, you know, their knowledge is leaking out into the people who can actually, you know, really benefit and be empowered from it. Yeah. And it's, and it's practical, yeah. right? Like, yeah, Savage didn't get a bunch of investors throwing money at him. And mm -hmm. right now, you know, he's doing, he's doing that project, um, on his own, in his own time, in his room, yeah. uh, all the questions that he, you know, that they're wanting to work on at UT are all big, huge, you know, things uh, like, like the food towers. And that's such a perfect example of, of what I'm talking about, of, of the difference between somebody who is practically minded, community minded. What are the problems we have getting people food? having people control their own food production, you know, yeah. as, as opposed to, you know, the, the problem that the only problem a capitalist is ever going to have is not enough money. That's their only problem. That's their only goal. That's the only thing they're ever looking at is, <laughs> is this making money? And, you know, um, it, that's such a perfect example. It's like, take the cool ideas and the technology that we have now to to be able to make something like a, like a, a food tower like that uh, in the city or whatever. Um, but they just get carried away with it. And they're just like, Oh, you know, like, wait, hold on a second. You know, let's think about this for a second. Let's try to make it more accessible to regular folk. And, and again, there's, there's a lot of um, working out to be had in, in that, uh, in that dynamic. There's a lot of stuff to be talked about. And hopefully, yeah, hopefully people like Savage, of course, Savage, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> he, he's like me. He doesn't care about money. Um, he, not, he doesn't he's never going to be one to to try to chase, um, you know, that that level of capital. Um, so which, again, means that in this system that we have, he will always be playing catch up or at least uh, at that scale he'll always be playing catch up but he can always still be building the real shit which is the the local shit like the things that me and him are actually doing me and him are building community um you know we are growing food we are teaching people so you know um that that is that's where i like to focus too i hope yeah. that that those kinds of things can make this you know transition that you were talking about because the the constraints on the planet only let us go so long and it is going to be, it's going to be bad. I, I'm afraid, but hopefully these kinds of real localist, um, you know, and, and mutual aid and, and uh, just knowledge circles, community circles can hopefully ease some of that. Um, you know, when, when it, when it does happen. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's, I mean, the way, the way you just said that is, is basically, you know, I don't think I could say it better myself for my own, you know, to represent my own view. So I, I totally agree. Well, let me ask you this. What, um, I mean, so you, you said you, you follow a bit of the doomer optimism stuff. What do you see as like missing or, or like, if you had any critiques of, you know, like kind of what we're doing or, 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 or voices that you think need to be on or, or heard or represented you know, on the Doomer Optimism podcast. I mean, your friend Savage seems like a great person 
to to have on you know if you wanted to like co-host that or something that would be pretty cool but oh man savage is a savage is one of the most brilliant people walking the face of this earth i i wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for him uh yeah i i could you you would definitely enjoy talking because i mean he he understands things um he he does have the college degree and he's also um you know understanding the like hardcore science behind a lot of this uh plant stuff and and like the real practical um problems we have with the food industry you know i i don't know many people that that know um more about it than him so yeah i'll i'll definitely talk to him about it yeah man i, I think it would be fun uh just from what you said about him if, if you wanted to co-host with me and co-host him i think that would be okay. a, i think that would be a great episode if you if you were interested Still, yeah uh, so it's funny because I had never, I had never mentioned uh Doomer Optimism podcast to him. And in one of our, um, one of our conversations, he just threw, he does this all the time. Like I said, he's, he's friggin' brilliant, but he just goes, you know, um, we're, we were talking about, you know, this kind of stuff that we're talking about. He, and he said, uh, organarchy. Uh, was the word that he used nice. and uh and i was like that's funny um I, i've been listening to this podcast lately called uh doomer optimism and he was like whoa i like those two words together he's like that that's i like that i like that a lot so like instantly you know without me ever telling him about your podcast he was he's already you know thinking thinking in those terms and as soon as i mentioned the name of it he was like whoa cool yeah that's that sounds like something I could definitely get in on. But he's also one of those weird dudes that doesn't do any social media whatsoever. None. Yeah. Uh, well, so he's, I mean, I, the people who make that decision, I think, are really smart. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you lose some affordances of, you know, like I couldn't do this podcast without social media. Um, but it does protect you from a lot of bullshit as well. Right. Yeah. Hey, that's what he said. He's like, I'm glad you did the Twitter thing because. I would never do it. And, and you know, it, it will definitely help with our community building, um, you know, doing that. And that's the only one I've done. I never had, never had a Facebook, never had anything else. I've only ever had Twitter and, uh, uh, it's, it's tough sometimes to, to stay with that. But, but yeah, um, as far as like the conversations y'all are having and whatnot, like I, I honestly, I think there's nobody else doing it better even in the uncomfortable times, you know, like, and one of the biggest problems that I have on the left with these kinds of things is, um, is, is they will not, it, it's a lot of just, uh, um, uh, building, the, building straw men, yeah. uh, and never really engaging with people who truly, it, the most you'll see is, um, leftists arguing with liberals. And of course, to them, that is, you know, leftists arguing with conservatives because conservatives are, or liberals are conservatives in, in, you know, according to. Right. That, Liberal, that liberals are conservatives and conservatives are fascists. Right. Right. But, but they'll net, they never really will get into it with, with anyone beyond liberals, like in a, in a real way, unless it's just snarky battling and, and that kind of shit. So I love the way, you know, the way y'all do it is it's truly a blend of, people who are genuinely for the, for the most part, I will say that like, yeah, of course, any space that, um, 
any space like that is going to have a bunch of the folks like we were talking about before who are just here to to talk shit you know ultimately and yeah you know talk about what is and isn't gay or you know or whatever like okay uh i i get that yeah they're having fun and that and again these are probably these are people that don't really have a whole lot of problems anyway you know so um whatever uh and that but and that's always going to be there um so yeah like the the way y'all are going about it and truly having like digging in and 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 leaning into it when it's uncomfortable um and genuinely trying to not straw man people like Mm -hmm. actually let people because i mean a lot of times you don't have to straw man a lot of these right wing you know folks they'll come out and tell you you know what i mean like they'll they'll come out and if you let them talk long enough um then you can let them say the thing that you disagree with and then truly attack it on its merits you know instead of just being like oh you're a you're a nazi and i now i'm just going to be shitty in everything i say to you make them come out with the thing that makes you say that they are a nazi or a fascist you know Mm -hmm that out of them and then get in an uncomfortable uh, an uncomfortable conversation with them about that um yeah and and like you know i think i think that's what needs to be done i th- I, I really do um and and the way y'all are going about it is is clutch i mean i honestly wish i wish we could find more folk um on the left who are uh not so caught up in in the culture war stuff yeah. I'll say that um, because that's a problem they already have on the right. And I don't want us to have that problem on the left. Right. Um, and, and to be clear, I'm not, you know, when I say culture war stuff, um, that to a right winger, that means I don't want to have to see gay people. I don't want to have to ever know that trans people exist. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm talking about, um, I'm talking about on on the left where um, they are so busy critiquing and getting in the weeds on the um, ephemeral bullshit that that like is in media and culture. And Mm -hmm. like I watch a bunch of leftists who are like, I've seen them talk about serious shit, talking about the, the, the um uh gender dynamics in the new spider-man movie or whatever mm-hmm. and i'm just like come on y'all man first of all that new spider-man movie is copaganda if you're a leftist you shouldn't be watching that shit in the first fucking place <laughs> you know like if, if like what the, the this is not a productive conversation to be having um and 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 a lot of it is on the left it's it's foo-foo city folk who don't have any problems really there. A lot of them, let's be real. They're trust fund kids or rich kids. We do have that problem with city folk on the left. And unfortunately that's what the right now wants to paint all leftist as. Right. But I don't know any rich people. And most of the people I know would be considered leftists by, uh, you know, the right standard. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a false, again, it's straw man bullshit on all sides. Um, in fact, most rich people I know are either liberal or super conservative, which means to me, (laughs) they are conservatives, (laughs) you know? So like, it's, it's just because of all this 
because of the way these conversations go down, all the tribalism and all the social media and, and media bullshit, specifically, you know, pushing people into these groups. Um, it's just it's it's very difficult. So the way y'all are going about it, that I feel like we have to lean into that even more and we need to get more people on both sides willing to participate in it in in good faith. Um, and y'all have already started to, I think, build, um, a, a group of folks that are, that are trying to do that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate that. I mean, that, that is what we're trying to do. We're, we're trying to cut through the bullshit, uh, especially, uh, I, I would say the faux culture war that, you know, that comes from the internet and the media and really dig down into, you know, where can we connect? What are our real differences? Let's work those out. Hey, we're not, we might not like each other, right? We might not ever want right. in the same village together. That's fine. You know, you don't have to like everybody right. or like everybody's, you know, have every single one of their views conform to, you know, a, a certain test of, is this a good person or not? Um, and that's fine too. I mean, I, I, I like to consider like, we started thinking, okay, this is going to be kind of a big tent, but now it's more like a campground. It, it, it's, you yeah. know, like we're like, yeah, like we're part of a campground. We can we can like come together at the at the fire at night and we can visit each other if we want, but you know, we can also have our own space. You know, I don't, you know, right. you know, I can have my own autonomy, you know, and my me and my friends and my family can can do our own thing. And as long as you're not harming me and I'm not harming you, you know, then you can And see, that's the crux of it right there. That's what I feel like a whole lot of people a lot of misunderstandings uh, about that part of it, you know, as long as it doesn't harm me or you, like how we, how we keep that autonomy without harming. And yeah. because to a bunch of right-wing folks, just, you know, knowing that a trans person exists or a gay person exists, that is now to them a harm. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, and like, that's, it's, that's silly shit. That's, that's, you know, we're never going to have a, um a real conversation about this stuff as long as but and and the left has has the same sort of um uh, you know hang-ups um like they'll see i get people all the time i i'm pro-gun i have kids uh you know i i believe in homeschooling those kids i don't want my kids in public school now it's because i don't want them brainwashed with that capitalism shit but you know most people a lot of people on the left look at me and like oh you're you know you're a you're a white right winger you know redneck yeah. you want to live out in the country you like guns and all that kind of stuff um and so like it's just there's there's just um it, it's just so it's so stupid it's so unproductive it's so ugly uh like uh, um how when, when people will perceive that they have been harmed by something like I live in a place where it is very real. I just had to go a couple of weeks ago, my, my next door neighbor's uh, black and uh, he's married to a white woman. They just had a baby um, a street over. It's uh rebel flags flying uh, type fools. Hmm. Well, they come over uh, in the middle of the night the other day, banging on the door my my neighbor he was at work and they come banging on the door uh harassing talking shit to his wife you know because she's a white woman uh with a black dude and i had to go over there and threaten to shoot them uh and to get them to leave 
yeah. you know, police wasn't going to show up for another hour or whatever. They actually got there in around 30 minutes. I was, I was surprised, but uh, I'd already had to go out there and, and do, I live in a place where there are real, you know, there's really people trying to do real violence to people just because of the color of their skin or their sexual orientation. You know, like I live in a place where that is everyday, real, actual violence coming at you because of these things. Yeah. Uh, and so when I get online, I see people complaining about, you know, just silly perceived transgressions that just, it's just like, God damn, it's so frustrating. <laughs> it's so frustrating. We got to get past that. Burn all the straw men. Get get out of your, you know, your um, your being butt hurt because you think uh, something something's bothering you when it's really not. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody <laughs> nobody's coming after you or your kids. Um, you know, we we just we have to sort to the reality of of this type of shit because there's a whole bunch of people who are just living in these perceived. Um, spaces of uh victimhood or um whatever when there's like real shit real <laughs> oppressive shit and violent shit going on yeah. it's it it's ridiculous yeah yeah well i mean you know the point of the podcast i mean that's that's all you can do in this medium is to have conversations but uh, to your point you know there's a certain point if you cut through the bullshit and get to the real shit that you know uh conversations only go so far as well right and so there's a right. real case for community protection as well right, right. there are real people who want you know do real harm to your community then you got to protect yourself yeah and, you know so you being a you know a rural person with you know who likes guns i mean that makes a lot of sense to me right because you yeah yeah you well i mean that. i have to protect myself i've, I've always grown up like now of course i had <laughs> I'm a felon now, so I can't have any guns. So I had to, <laughs> it was, it was a bow. I was threatening to shoot him with, but he didn't know that, um, yeah. you know, uh, and, and I, ha and that's another aspect of it. Now I am in a place and this isn't the first time I've had trouble here at my house. A few weeks before that, I had to choke a dude out. Uh, we were having a fire out, out in front of the house and some drunk asshole from down the street comes walking up. And of course, you know, within a little while, he's being misogynistic and trying to get handsy with my friend's uh, wife and and saying ugly shit and being racist and all that kind of shit. And and the night ended with, you know, I had to I had to choke him out and lay him out in the street uh, to to get him away from the house. Um, you know, like there I and I was scared that I was going to go to jail, you know, because I'm because I'm a felon. I, I had to tiptoe tiptoe through the tulips with every little fucking thing I do. Um, and, and, you know, again, protecting my neighbors, protecting myself, I have been stripped of my ability to do that properly, you know, so community building is, is all I got, uh, to, yeah. to protect myself like that. It's a must. I cannot rely on the police that, uh, you know, that's, that's another problem I have with, you know, with, with liberals is, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I, we, I ain't never been able to rely on the police. Um, and that's one thing where the right wing and the liberals are all, they're all in agreement. They all love the police and they're not acknowledging that a lot of us have to protect ourselves in our community. We don't have any other options. The police have never been an option. When they come into our community, it's to hurt people and to take them away. It's never to help people, you know, so uh, and that's that's the way it's always been. So, you know, that that's <laughs> that's that there are 
circumstances and and situations that you know make make people the way they are and it's it's um and when you like you said when you get in have real conversations about real shit you can coax those things out and and really you know make determinations and connections uh by being real about these kinds of things well this has been great uh uh, uh man um i was gonna say your name but i don't want to say this has been great d mason <laughs> <laughs> it has been i've i've enjoyed this thoroughly i can i can talk to you about this shit all day my friend yeah well i i want to you know I, i'd love for you to come back on and i and I'm, you know you probably know by now but you know one one aspect that we have is kind of a collective right we have several different hosts um but if if there's voices that you think you know need to be better better heard better represented uh you know brought out on this platform Man, I'd love you to come on, you know, host, co-host, you know, we could do it together if you want, you know, your friend Savage seems great, but, you know, I, and, you know, the fact that we don't live that far, far apart, you know, and I'm, I'm a relative newcomer, you know, I'm trying not to be a carpet bagger. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying not <laughs> You're to. You're going about it the right way, my friend. I to. wish everybody, man, I wish yeah. everybody coming here was thinking like you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. But um, yeah, I don't want this to be the last conversation. I want this to be an on, you know, the start of an ongoing thing. So buddy, let it be uh, known right now. I'm down for whatever uh, you, you give me the word and, and enough time and, yeah. and I'm down for whatever. That's awesome, man. All right, man. This is, this has been great until next time. I appreciate the hell out of you, my friend. You have a good rest of the day. You as well. Take care. Later.